Webcology starts now only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the uh, 15th of June. 15th of June, if you'll believe it, 2017. So halfway through the year, that month, it's half over. Mm-hmm. And we're, 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 we're back to our annual countdown, Dave. Summer's almost gone. Get out there <laughs> and enjoy it while you can. <laughs> you sound like Mary. As soon as the chestnuts actually start coming on the trees, she's like, oh, well, summer's practically over. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, seriously, they've got 60 days of summer left, and then it gets cold again. <laughs> I, you know what? We haven't actually gotten the warm part yet. It's drizzly and like um, 47 degrees or something like that right now. It's well, horrible. So I'll, I'm still waiting for summer to arrive. Well, speaking speaking of your, your charming and talented wife, um, happy anniversary to you and Mary. Uh, it was your anniversary last week, uh, which is why we didn't have a show. So um, from from all the listeners and the rest of the, uh, you know, the, the crew and staff, um, happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know what? I, I, I probably communicated it wrong, though. It wasn't actually her anniversary. Huh? She, 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 it was her birthday. <laughs> her, oh, Jesus. Yeah, her brother. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. It was, your birth, it was your anniversary a few weeks ago. Yes, it was. Yeah, we, we just jam all these things together. <laughs> well, happy birthday, Mary. All right. Jim says happy birthday. Sorry, he's just right next to me. So. Um, Wonderful. And, of course, you know, well, we got, you called it before our show here. We had SMX Wax coming on. We got a guest today. I guess we got to jump in because it's been yeah. a busy week and we don't have a full show to, to talk about it. Before we jump in, I just want to tell, tell listeners that we do have a guest, uh, Mike Dover, author Mike Dover, um, author of Dante's Infinite Monkeys, is going to be coming on the show in about 15 minutes. Um, where do you want to go first? I mean, SMX West was happening just down in Seattle, and a lot of information came out of it. I think probably the biggest story is um, six months from now, if everything goes according to the plan as outlaid by, by Gary Eyes, um, Google's going to be uh, transitioning to the mobile first index, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I I love how gun-shy that guy is now. <laughs> <laughs> after uh for, for our regular listeners who or for our listeners who may not be regular listeners and don't remember yeah his predictions for the penguin updates were just wrong consistently wrong by like more than a year um and so yeah i love his like it's likely not coming until 2018 at the earliest and we'll quote unquote communicate a lot before it happens <laughs> like all right, you guys are just like protecting yourselves here. I don't. I have to wonder what is coming up in this. That it is like clearly they've been testing this, um, and it is causing so many problems. <laughs> like on 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 what it's doing. Like clearly it is. It needs a lot more development. So obviously the the results are not what they want them to be. Um, so I have to wonder what they're doing, why they're not building two. I mean, I guess that'd be a lot of work to maintain two indexes in, in that way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how gun shy they are. I'm glad they're going to communicate a lot, but I got to wonder what's, what's going wrong and how they're going to fix it to make the mobile index work for desktop queries well, or the mobile first index. Well, and well, and well indeed, like, uh, in many ways, like as, as advanced as, as mobile phones are, or tablets are well, mobile phones specifically. As advanced as they are, it still feels like a stripped-down version of a web page, of a website. Mm -hmm. So you know, we know we know that people um, sort of truncate their mobile content. Um, speed is a major factor, so there's not as much um, rich media, not as much uh, video content. Um, not as much audio content. As a matter of fact, you're more likely to find video content than you, than you are audio content on mobile sites. But, you know, unless you're sitting beside, like, a, a, a reliable source of Wi-Fi, who wants to download video if, if it's coming across uh, uh, 
if it's coming across the regular data, data network because that eats eats into your data caps. Yeah. Uh, unless, of course, you're, you're lucky enough to live in a jurisdiction that doesn't have data caps. Unfortunately, Dave and I both live in Canada, which uh, <laughs> which unfortunately does have data caps. Fairly strict ones, too. So yeah. I'm not, I won't watch video, and, and I find you know that, 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 that mobile sites are, are very stripped down. So if I was Google, I'd be asking myself, what are we missing when we um, look at a mobile site over a desktop site? Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder, and I mean, I, I'm talking about a company with so many, you know, doctorates and engineers, and like, I, I'm not pretending like I know more than them, but I have to wonder why they have put this specific task of, of, of deciding which index to use and in results, why this specific task is an either or, um, and not just be spending this time working on a, a machine learning or AI based infrastructure. To sort of go, okay, device is one of the factors. Now let's let's go, <laughs> like and 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 start to just view it all. It, it is just an index, and the device is 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 a factor. And I mean, allowing them to split up much more. Again, I'm not saying that is the right solution because clearly they have brighter people than I am working on this, and there's got to be a reason. But uh, instinctively, I, honestly, I don't get it. I honestly think it simply comes down to um, a, a numbers game. Where are the most searches conducted from? And as it stands now, uh, over half the searches that, that, that Google um, serves up, half the search results they serve up, the query came from a mobile device. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, again, really, I, I honestly just think it's just a numbers game. And the, qual the, the difference in uh, quality and information expressed between a, mobile, to, between a mobile version of a site and a uh, desktop version of a site I, I mean, I, obviously that's shrinking, but I still think that there's uh, there's a discrepancy between the two. And um, well, again, Google's going where the bulk of the action is. And remember, most people don't use Google the way we use it. Eh? Most people are using it to do shopping searches or to um, you know discover something near them instantly. Yeah, they're not doing the research that we're doing that that people like you or I might be doing, or they and and and. Most certainly, most consumers don't live on the web like we do. Right. So, <clears throat> no, that's that's very true. I mean, most consumers, and unfortunately for Google, this is the case, are 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 there on Google to look up product specs for something they have found and are going to purchase on Amazon. But you know that that is you know the 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 way people look. And then you're right; it it's tough, and we always have to remind ourselves. And I know I certainly do anyway. Oh, right, I'm not atypical. <laughs> oh right the way i interact with the web is not most people aren't sitting at a computer either running searches or analyzing why a search or trying to augment why a search is doing what it's doing um you know most people aren't doing that eight ten twelve hours a day right like you or i are and, and most of our listeners and, and peers so yeah it's a, it's a tough thing to remember okay um Folks, you really should check out um, some of the articles on uh, on mobile for on, uh, on what Gary had to say at SMX about mobile first. Um, Jen Slag has an as usual has an excellent breakdown over at the SEM post, and uh, Danny Sullivan wrote a good write up over at uh, Search Engine Land. Mm -hmm. Check them out, get the information. Um, don't come crying to us if you didn't get the information first, eh? <laughs> and we told you where to find it. And you got time, so get on it. You, sometime between now and 2018. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's really funny because it wasn't just a few weeks ago that Gary Eyes is like, look, there's no differences when we put out algorithm updates. It's not worth telling you. We're going to just call them all friend from now on. Right. And now he's like, yeah, well, if something happens, I promise we'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> They've been so reliable at that in the past. I think I think somebody had words with him. That's, yeah. that's my guess. Somebody had words with him. Probably. Um, where would you like to go next? We've featured got featured snippets. What Sounds the good. heck is going on with featured snippets? I mean, it's uh, we're 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 told featured snippets are like extremely important. We're told to use them, and now we're told that like you know, according to the study by Href, search results was featured snippets. 
lead to a uh, nearly 20% decrease in clicks on, 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 on the main organic results. Yeah, you know what I found kind of funny? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I know the article you're talking about, that's from, yeah, Barry, got to mention his name because that's what happens. Uh, Barry <laughs> Schwartz wrote it up over on Search Engine Land. Um, that was at 10.16 a.m. At 12.51 a.m., Barry Schwartz, also on Search Engine Land, writes about the announcements. Google won't add featured snippet analytics in Search Console. Really? Why do you think that is, based on the fact that it's killing people's traffic, essentially? Now, in, 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 in explanation, I was going to say in defense. No, it's not in, in defense. The people that it's hurting, unfortunately, are the information producers. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to be negative. If you're an e-commerce site, for example, I don't see this as a, as a big challenge point to you, right? It's not going to significantly damage you. Your feature snippets are going to show up, but if somebody has a commercial intent, they've got to click through anyway. I mean, we can get into the buy on Google thing we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, but um, you know, to not get them to your site and keep them on Google, but at least they're purchasing. So who, who really cares? That one zeroes out. Um, but yeah, they're not showing us the stats. That's what I don't like. Now, is it because it's, it's being misled? Uh, like we're being misled by them. Is it that they're worrying that people would start changing the way their content is structured to not have featured snippets? Um, and what are we supposed to do about it? Is it still better to have that featured snippet, um, even though you're not, you know, it's killing your traffic, but somebody's going to have it, and you know, it's going to kill your traffic even if they have it. So you gotta, you gotta wonder how these two things tie together and, and what we're really supposed to do about it. And what does it mean for the web? Because I hate this the side of it. And I've hated it since, since they started doing it with weather is people are putting like, start showing, start giving these people you're ripping off the featured snippets from, if they're making their money off advertising, start giving them part of your ad revenue from that page then, right? <laughs> because you're killing their money. Well, okay. But, but, but seriously, you, you've got a client who could benefit from featured snippets. What are you going to do? You could go for it, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. and I would recommend. I would. I would. I would never recommend a client pull back from that. No, if I, if I can eat somebody else's lunch. I'm. I'm. It's my job. Or if I can help my client eat somebody else's lunch, I'm going to right. Oh, a hundred percent. And you'd be remiss not to, because that twenty percent drop is coming from somewhere. You might as well take the eighty that you're going to get. <laughs> rather than lose the whole thing and have somebody else have your have your featured snippet. And I know you and I are both well aware we've talked about this a, a number of times. Something we also need to remember is more and more people are using to voice. So now in that environment, your only real exposure mm -hmm. is is that, right? Is that featured snippet, right? Or or whatever answer they're defining, which is generally the featured snippet. So you, you know, in that environment, you're actually getting a hundred percent boost <laughs> in, in your exposure because you're the only option people are hearing back um, as an answer. So, you know, there, there are wins and losses. And I think the future is going to be, you know, be a lot shinier than what we're seeing right now. But for right now, I, I do have big problems. And I always have um, with this, with publishers who are making their revenue off advertising, losing that advertising revenue because Google's basically scraping their content and, you know, offering it up for free and, and not forcing the users or searchers to go through and actually get let this publisher produce some ad revenue and, and actually get the answer directly from the source. Um, you know, there's a, there is a lot more uh, AdWords inventory on a Google SERP page than there is on most regular web pages, right? That's yeah. just the way it goes. So, <laughs> yep. Okay. This is, this is not on our script list. I'm going to bring it up because it just, it just, just popped back into mind. Remember the question we had, and I'm afraid this is going to be the last topic we're going to be able to do before we have to go to commercial and then get to, get to Mike Dover, but do you, do you remember that, that question we had a couple of weeks ago? Why would Google be building its own ad blocker? Mm-hmm. I think I figured it out. What's that? Well, one of the sayings I've always had, like like throughout most of my career, is if you want to know where the, where the world is going to be five years from now, look at the advisement as Google's giving us today. If you want it where Google sees the web, like a few years from today, they're telling us to start programming for it. Mobile first index is a great example, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so people got ad blockers left, right, and center. Um, chances are, if you're listening to this show, chances are you've probably got an ad blocker running on your computer. Um, if you do, I can understand. Ads, ads are, you know, 
Um, ads are terrible. They're all over the web and they're, they're annoying as hell. But they pay the bills. I don't use ad blockers because, you know, those ads annoy the heck out of me. But they also pay the bills to keep stuff running on the web. I agree. I don't use it either for the same okay. reason. But, but many people do. So Google is an advertising company. It's not making, you know, it's not making as much money off of ads because of these damn ad blockers. Google also knows having, uh, you know, perfected contextual delivery years and years and years ago, like back in like, what, 2004, 2005? Yeah. Perfected contextual delivery. Well, through between social media and your, and, uh, your, surf ha- your surfing habits... Google pretty much knows everything you're interested in from like, you know, hella skiing to midget porn. Google knows everything you're interested in. And uh, why should they serve up traditional ads anymore when they can simply slip ad content into your personal stream, be it a visual stream um, or uh, a text, uh, a text and web page stream? Mm hmm. Google's making its own ad blocker because Google's going to be delivering ads in a completely different way three or four years from now, knowing that the entire ad delivery model is going to change radically. That's why you I know think what? Google's doing it. it. It makes good sense and matches up with their recent announcement of a testing tool to test the ad layout on your on your on pages. You can do it through the search console for anybody who has advertising. Um, and actually just test your pages to see if they have a problem. If if they ah, right on. They violate Google's sort of recommended guidelines for ad layout. Um, Where was that tool two and a half years ago when I desperately really needed it? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's always just a little bit too late, um, you know, because all of us have erred on the side of caution in, in ad layouts on, on sites we're dealing with for the most part, unless the, the client was fighting us. And I know who I'm thinking of right there, but um, <laughs> Um, so at any rate, I know we've got to, we've got to go to break, but it's going to be interesting. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they block and what they don't. I think that's going to be really telling in, in what their motivation is. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There's a whole bunch more that we want to talk about. Unfortunately, we don't have time to, but friends, you're going to really appreciate the guest we have coming up. His name is Mike Dover. He's waiting in the wings. And so on behalf of Dave Davies this is Jim, from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Granbury.fm. It's the 15th of June, 2017. Stick around. We're back with author Mike Dover after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. 
where affiliate marketing gets its buzz and mobile has its presence. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. You're listening to us on or about the 15th of June 2017, unless you're listening to a podcast, in which case it could be bloody well anytime. We got a great guest today. I'm uh, really pleased to introduce this fellow. He's a well, he's he's an old friend of mine. We've actually we've we, we've had him on the show before. Um, I'm gonna just gonna go into the introduction I wrote for him, uh, Mike. I think you might have heard this somewhere before, but Mike Dover is a writer, educator, technologist, and sometimes humorist. Most importantly, Mike is a modern thinker's thinker. Um, people who you know, fans of Webcology might be familiar with Mike. He was on our show a few years ago after the release of his first book, Wikibrands, Reinventing Your Company in a, cons- in a Customer-Driven market- Marketplace. Um, Wikibrands challenged its readers to make their businesses and brands more empathetic and engaging, to be driven by a process designed to constantly deliver better customer or user experience, while sustaining the attention of, of the market and keeping it fun for the owners. Now, does anybody... Um, Dave, you, you, you got to remember the early days of the commercial internet back in like '93, <laughs> '94. Do you remember? Yeah, it was a different world back then. Instant power, complete idealism—the idea that we could suddenly access everything at once, and you know, the, the knowledge that everything would be very, very different. It was awesome. Yeah, then people like us got involved. Well, now as we as we got on the uh, the information superhighway, we suddenly moved super fast. We failed to notice there was this big digital signboard above an overpass, which quite clearly read, "Abandon all hope, ye who enter here." And now look what's happened, eh? Yeah. That's what <laughs> that's where Mike takes us in uh, in his book Dante's Infinite Monkeys. Now, Dante's Infinite Monkeys challenges the reader to remember where the environments we spend so much of our time in came in, came from in the first place. Using the seven deadly sins as his outline, Mike moves us through the 25-year evolution of what are now our common spaces. You know how they say that goldfish evolved to, uh, to fit into their environments? Yeah. The internet and what computing, computing is becoming, well, that's awfully big space. And our concepts... Of, of the internet and of what computing is becoming are evolving really quickly. Humans, on the other hand, we're not evolving as fast. When we access our technologies or increasingly let our technologies do the accessing for and of us, we bring ourselves to the mix. As terrible and beautiful and banal and intense as we are, we bring our simple and sinful selves into the internet. How do we affect the environment that so clearly affects us in profound ways? I think that's the ultimate message being penned by uh, being penned every day by billions of Dante's Infinite Monkeys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Dover. Thanks for the invite, guys. Well, thanks for the book. Um, well, I had to buy it myself, but I did get it nicely <laughs> described. <laughs> um, Mike, this is your second book. Why? Uh... Thirty seconds remaining. I hate when that happens. <laughs> oh, what was what was that? I have no idea. I'm not sure I'm either. Foggiest. <laughs> That's okay. Um, uh, unfortunately, surprise is not one of the seven deadly sins. Um, why the seven deadly sins? Why why, why that is a vehicle? Well, um, so I'll answer sort of both questions at at once. I most of my career, and I've been looking at this for a long time, as, as you mentioned, has been talking about the positive parts of the Internet. Your recording so, has reached maximum length. If you're satisfied with your message, press 1. To listen oh, you to your know message, what? Press 2. This is to us erase calling and your phone system. It, press 3. For <laughs> delivery options, press 9. You're, you're, you're going to have the whole show recorded on your, uh, on your answering machine. If you're satisfied with your message, press 1. Oh, yeah. To listen to your message, press 2. Should we to erase and re-record it, press 3. For delivery options, press 9. You know, she gets royalties every time she says that. 
If you're satisfied with your message, press 1. To Would listen to your please message, press, press 2. To erase and re-record it, press 3. Um, or, For delivery or, or, options, did press you get 9. Did to do something about this? There. I think I did it. Okay. <laughs> message sent. Thank you for calling. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> this is the, lo- the, lovely, the lovely thing about live radio is you can edit for podcasts. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> back to the conversation is, um, so I want to do balance between the good stuff and the bad stuff. And the second I... part was looking at why I use that. I think it's a really interesting way to, uh, to organize it. People all have the sense of the sense of, Oh, sorry. I thought I just dropped off. Uh, all of a sense of what these seven sins are. So it is a an interesting filter to look at it. Okay, has something? I mean, like you were saying earlier that that your your previous uh, writings um, about the web have been about the positive side. Now you're looking at some some distinctly negative parts of the web. Do you get the sense that something has gone wrong? Uh, not necessarily. I liked how you framed it when we was into the the intro. Is it's going to evolve into all spaces. So, you know, greed existed before. Mm-hmm. You can now just be intensified. Sloth existed before. That can be grown as well. So we have a very powerful te- technology like this. It's going to accelerate everything good and bad that we can experience. Okay. Is um when Tim Berners Lee created the World Wide Web. I think uh, when I, I I can't speak for anybody else, but I know I had some very high ideals. The idea that communication was going to uh, save the world, bring world peace, world understanding, all that sort of stuff. It doesn't feel like it's worked out that way. Um, I'm curious if you sense a a pendulum effect happening, you know, where where we, we seem to be going so far down a very ugly hole. But I know there's a whole, there's a lot of people who want the web to be a better place. Is yeah, it, I think possible to turn it around. Well, I, I think that you know it provides a challenge to people. Of figure, we're still figuring out how to use this technology properly, and it's easy to look in at the negative stuff. But you know, think of you know when we were kids, what long distance phone calls meant, and now you know it's free. Think about going to the library. All like all of these really positive things have helped people, and I think going. Going forward, looking, I think that I think 3D printing will be able to help the most disadvantaged people in really serious ways. That really nice 3D printed house that was was displayed about two months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have these for basically everybody who wants it. Well, so indeed, those are, those are all, all, all good stuff. But you know, you know, the, the bad stuff of what I was talking about here is you know things like uh, under the wrath section talking about bullying and how that would could end at the end of a school day versus you know kids can't even switch schools now. Yeah. To get away from bullies, because whatever it, it is that is a um, they've been targeted for will follow them from place to place. So the internet really is sort of like a macrocosm of the real world, uh, magnified and intensified. It is, and uh, it's in good ways and bad ways, and even some of the really so-called success stories have some really nasty. Um, downsides to them and in the book you know i i talk about you know rebecca black who did that friday song yes so a young young teenage girl became famous and you know wasn't wasn't a fantastic singer but she developed something that became a super hit the amount of online bullying she got was intense and even you know people who should have known better interviewed her in the mainstream media asked her things like what was the most hurtful thing that was said to you and this is you know a 13 14 year old girl yeah, and so that I, I talk about in the in the envy uh, section, and you get a lot, and I've seen this in various ways. If anybody thinks that here's a person who's gaining something, whether it's notoriety, whether it's money or something, that person X thinks, well, I'm smarter than that person, or I'm a better singer than that person, or something that can really annoy people. And the fact they can switch very quickly to the wrath chapter, saying how I'm going to attack this person. So. I mean, okay, we've got infinite monkeys, which, you know, by the way, I love the, love the idea of that. But 
is this were the monkeys always there then? Like we're talking about, and, and, and you're talking about, you know, in an interview, you know, traditional media is, is not, you know, doing any better. Is it that these infinite monkeys have always been there? The infinite monkeys just have all hooked up all their typewriters now. And, and, and we can all see quickly what those other idiots are doing. And I'm including myself as one of the idiots sure. here, right? Yeah. And going, okay, is that the problem? Is it just, you know, we, we basically taken all of our defects and given them steroids. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good way of putting it. And there, I, I have a sub chapter uh, called "There's No Justice Like Mob Justice." <laughs> and I, I, I think the internet makes an excellent detective, but it makes a very poor jury. Well, indeed, I'm actually I'm I'm just taking on a new um, a new and, and very interesting uh, reputation management client, a restaurant in Toronto. Um, I guess one person had a bad experience, wrote about it on the web, and then kaboom! Without having had a similar experience, dozens of other people are just sort of like, you know, whoa, bad experience. He had a bad experience, so everyone's got to have a bad experience, and these guys suck. And it's amazing how quickly that kind of uh, the, the ball gets rolling on that, eh? Yeah, and I, uh, what I, I find interesting is just a lot of people who are graduating with a master's or a PhD in linguistics are being snapped up by internet companies because to f- help with the the AI to figure out whether a review is legitimate or not. And it's often the amount of detail, the amount of, of uh, sort of personal knowledge that, that goes into these. And it's, I mean, some things are easy to figure out, you know, if it's cut and paste from marketing material or if somebody only has ever done one Yelp review and it's a five star and, you know, I would, I would dismiss that. Same thing as on Amazon. If you have a bunch of five star reviews on, on anything, um, and all of those reviewers have only done one. They're probably the friends of whoever it was that uh, um, asked for that product to be reviewed. Well, here's the thing I, I really can't understand. Um, we know that that the that the internet environment is 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 nasty. Uh, each each of us are writers, and I, I don't know. I can't speak. I don't know about you, uh, Mike or Dave, but um, I'm really hesitant. I'm, I'm a moth to flame, of course, but I'm really hesitant to read the comments on articles that I put out there because half the time the people didn't read the article, they just know they don't like me, so they go to town. On, they go to town on it. Yeah. Um, well, well I think when it comes reviews. Well, I, I think when it comes to to reviews, it's if you're really successful, you're going to have lots of bad reviews. So, for a book on Amazon that is a four star is not necessarily worse than one of the five star. In fact, it might be much better. I mean, look at the people. I mean, look at, you know, Stephen King, you know, Malcolm Gladwell. Some of these people that make a ton of money writing really good books, they are going to have lots of people who give them ones. And so, sometimes, although on Amazon, you say, here's a book, I give it a one because the cover was torn when I got it or it took too long. There's nothing to do with, with the author. But I don't know. It's, um, I know exactly what you mean. If you see the negative comments, you can sort of treat it like a feedback in a sense. And if it's fair, or even if they just understand you, sort of, you know, take it with a grain of salt and don't let it. You can't really let it bother you that much, or because it's part of putting yourself out there. So, it, it, it must be difficult in the, uh, in the position you're in, because people like me want to phrase questions to you where you're put in a position where you have to make a judgment call. Um, I'm thinking about <laughs> Facebook. I'm thinking most really, I'm trying to phrase the question about Facebook, um, quote unquote, fake news and the recent uh, U.S. election. But as I'm, as I'm trying to phrase the question, I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm, then, then I'm asking Mike to make a judgment call on this. And I'm afraid I'm going to have to. Um, is this trend going to actually, no, I, you know, how to get around the judgment call. Is this trend of using the Internet to spread uh fake news, propaganda, and, you know, political dissuasion. Is that going to continue, or do you think, you know, Internet users are going to evolve and wise up themselves? I think it will absolutely continue. It's a new tool. And I think that when it comes to to fake news, so if we're talking U.S. election, Twitter and other things 
Trump was better than it at Hillary. And that really annoys a, a lot of people, especially um, the people who say, well, it wasn't done fairly. I mean, these, the, the, the fake news, whether it was coming from Russia or whether it was coming from Trump or whatever, was more on one side than the other. But if you think back to when uh, Obama won, he was way better at technology back then. And that generally looked at to be a good thing. But I think going forward, it's a, it is a uh, a skill you have to be good at. So if you are better at diffusing fake news, that will help you over the, the candidate. Unfortunately, if you're good at spreading fake news, that I mean that could help. That could help as well. But I, I'm curious. I'd I, be interesting what you think about this, Jim, because I know you're you're um, very well versed on politics. It doesn't make sense to me that polls are worse than they've ever been. I think the they should be better than they've ever been, and they keep getting things wrong. Well, okay. I mean, I think this one this one is pretty simple. Number one, nobody wants to admit to somebody over the telephone that they're not going to go vote. We know that from election turnouts that we have a, a negative 50% voter turnout. But polls, I mean, this is just like shotgun, right? We're going to, anybody who's got a landline phone, we're going to call them up and ask them their opinion. And none of those people are going to say to the pollster, yeah, well, you know, I'm lazy. I'm, I'm just not going to bother voting because nobody wants to be seen that way. Number one. Number two, we, uh, we tell people what they want to hear, not what's necessarily in our hearts or minds. And so the phrasing of the question will elicit a certain response, as will the um, perceived position of the questioner. The person who's answering the question, they're going to tell the questioner what, whatever he or she wants to hear. But they're going to go do something totally different on election day. Yeah, but has that changed, though? Because that, that would have always happened back when the pollsters used to get things right. Um, well, I think more, I think a lot more people voted and a lot more people had a, a greater respect for, for want of a better word, authority back then, <laughs> back then, like 20 okay. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if people lied as frequently, say 20 years ago, polls were much more accurate then, but I think people had a different sense of civic duty and probably a different level of a higher level of civic education years ago than we do today. What I would strongly recommend people in politics do is check Google Trends rather than uh, any one of the major polling companies, even 538. Check Google Trends because Google's been tracking what people have been like searching for for like as long as Google's existed, so for the last 12, 13 years. Um, you're going to get a far deeper and, and more accurate view of what people in any given area, because you could totally segment down to down to like, you know, um, city level, you're going to get a, a better view of what people are thinking when you see what they're searching for rather than asking them questions. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so <laughs> with that, do you see um, how to say this? The internet is a fairly, seems to be these days, maybe it'll change over time, but right now the internet feels like a very nasty place. Yeah, and I, I, I cover in this in the gluttony chapter, because I look at that in, in two ways. And the second, I, do, I talk a little bit about food at the start, but the second I get at a more meta level of what does it mean if you were just getting unlimited amounts of data and information on one side? And I make sure for politics, I, I read lots on both sides, especially for American stuff. Um, and it's the danger you have if you're just in one side, it's all echo chamber. And it just reinforces if you hate Hillary or you hate Trump, you, you can get thousands and thousands of things every day. And it just reinforces things. And for other things, too, I mean, people who are anti-vaccine. If you are interested in that, you will have thousands of people telling you. I, I really enjoy the, the uh, flat earth people and how they state their case, which really is uh, it, it's fascinating of how earnest they are. I, I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I, believe, I, I believe the chemtrail people believe their stories more than the flat earth people do. Oh, my God. I just can't, I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't fathom that. <laughs> well, I know, but it's uh, if you, well, you, not you, but if one that was thought that a little bit here, look at that map. That actually make, makes that actually makes a lot of sense. And the people, that guy who brought a, a carpenter's level up on a plane, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. 
Okay, Mike, we're gonna if, if we can for we're gonna have to leave it here for a few minutes. We gotta take a commercial break. Can we get you stick around for a couple minutes to get have you in the last segment? Yeah, happy to. Wonderful. Okay, friends, you are listening to uh, Webcology on Cranberry.fm. We have a guest, author Mike Dover, author of Dante's Infinite Monkeys, Dave Davies uh, from Beatsocket. Dave Davies, I'll be back in just a moment after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level. Only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we're joined by educator and author Mike Dover, um, author of Dante's Infinite Monkeys. Mike, I just want to read uh, seven words to you. Greed, wrath, envy, lust, sloth, pride, and gluttony. Those are the seven deadly sins, the uh, seven topics on which you modeled... Um, you modeled your, your, your book, Dante's Infinite Monkeys. Um, wanted to remind the listeners what seven deadly sins, and of those seven deadly sins, Mike, what do you reckon is the most pervasive on the web? Oh, I, I get this question all the time. It's sort of like, tell me who your favorite kid is. And, <laughs> well, that's, that, that's the we got to come back for great question, and we got to ease yeah. back into it, right? Yeah, I, um, I would say if I had to pick one, I would probably say Wrath because of getting these online mobs is one sense we talked about before the break, but also how it even affects things like in warfare. So if you have robots, soldiers on one side and people on the other, that immediately has a massive impact on the ethics of war. And, um, I, actually, I, I talked about this um, at, at a at a reading, and there was one of the guys in the audience says, "Well, if we have better robots, we can use them." But it's it's just immoral. I mean, there, it gets into it, it's one thing when it comes to warfare if there's people that are humans on both sides, but otherwise, it's kind of just return on investment using science against people it gets really really evil. Reminds me of that Star Trek episode where uh, they selected X number of people would die on this side, and they project X number of people would die on that side, and they just walk into the death machines. <laughs> yeah. Was that original series? That was on the original series, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, there was, there was a lot of good philosophy on that show. I don't remember that episode, though. Um, it was one of, the, one of the more absurd episodes. I remember when I was a kid, it made me question the whole nature of war and peace. Like, what are, yeah. what are we doing? But at the same time, um, and, and Canada's gotten in on this game as well, uh, drones save um, 
for, for, from the American military perspective, drones save American lives. Yeah, it, it, it's true. And, um, but it is a very asymmetrical warfare, which makes things, it makes things nastier. And mm -hmm. it comes to saying, okay, well, if you're in an asymmetric warfare on the weaker side, then you have to take on tactics that people would be considered to be terrorists. And you can't you can't play by the you know by, by the same rules. So okay, we're going to have a basketball game with one side everybody's over six six and the other side everybody's under five six. Oh, you're game. talking about the Cavaliers Raptors series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. You need to have, you, you need to play pretty dirty and hit a lot of knees and stuff to win if you were the Raptors in that situation. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's, I always basketball was actually invented in Canada, and there really should have been a rule: hit the man with the ball. But it it, it never happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, every other Canadian sport, you know. Yeah. Um, so wrath, wrath being the uh, the most pervasive of the of the sins on on the web. What is the uh, what is the seven the the, the, the how to say this the the User reaction to these to the seven deadly sins. What's the one that actually holds promise for you that that might actually make a better web? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there, there's there's positive parts that could be in for for all of these. Sloth. It's very often you get into dialectics on the same issue. So look at uh, GPS. So if you have a GPS. Google Maps or anything going on in your car does that it makes you a safer driver for sure you're not looking down at a map um, you're, pro, you're it's going to incorporate uh, traffic you know it's going to make things things better it's going to feed back information to the city to make you know cities better that stuff all stuff is good but the downside of GPS which I have under a sloth is if somebody has only has GPS will they ever learn how to use a map? Well, well, indeed, um, our our brains are made to, for for spatial recognition, right? If we lose that talent, yeah. And they look at you know the, the the young people in the Pacific Islands who, you know, can travel across thousands of kilometers of uh, of, of ocean. They were taught that for you know millennia, saying where they're looking at things like patterns of waves and birds nice. and clouds and stuff, figure things out. If they switch to GPS, you know that that could get dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially, well, especially given that islands like Hawaii were formed by volcanoes and they're actively moving, and the GPS coordinates for the Polynesians would have been set thousands of years ago. Poor kids would be in the middle of the ocean where there ain't nothing anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, Dave made a nice point. Um, lust may well be the, the best and strongest and most positive of the uh, seven deadly sins because look at, look at what the porn industry has done for web development. That's true. Yeah, and all you know, I'm I'm certainly not the first person to make this point, but almost all of the major developments in, in tech is because of, of porn. And we wouldn't bother we wouldn't bother to have video streaming. A lot of having um, authenticity for ID and payment systems was all generated that. Of course, you know, the VHS versus beta. Beta was better, but it wasn't open to porn. Yeah. Um <laughs> The, the almost the entire search engine optimization community. I know most of the old guards, in one way or another, have uh, a sticky fingered background, shall we say? <laughs> that's an that's an excellent way to put it. Now, there's I, I, I talk about the book um, in the last chapter as well about the growth of of sex robots and how that will continue to develop. And what I thought was really interesting is one of the um, the top experts in the world is here in Toronto, and I went and met with him, and he uh, we were talking about the guy who's considered the expert in the world, and he said, "Hey, would you like to interview him for the book?" Said, of course. So about a week later, he said, "Yeah, he's not taking any calls anymore. <laughs> so he's got this bevy of sex robots, and he's living in the mountains somewhere in the U.S. And he's not. He's Are not you kidding me? For is this for real? Yeah, it's for real. He's not entertaining any guests. What is he too tired? <laughs> I don't know. He, he may have just uh, said, yeah, I'm, I've reached the peak of humanity. Um, but it gives them very interesting questions about... Um, you know, Brasco, we got to get this guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mike. 
<laughs> yeah, you can say the questions of fidelity. Uh, you know, if you have augmented reality and sex, say, what if uh, you know you're, you're with your partner and one of you is th- is looking at a celebrity, one of the other one's looking at another celebrity. Is that just spicing things up, like role play night? Well, and if so, what if, what if you change that identity to a neighbor or somebody from the PTA or <laughs> partner's little sister? I mean, these things get very nasty, very, very, you know, very quickly. Or it may just change of how we look in at sexuality. There's um, some people, you know, talking about having designer drugs that can do things to intensify things like an orgasm. And I, I was saying this, I was at a, a book club up in Markham, and I, I talked about saying, well, what if you can have a designer drug that can give you an orgasm 100,000 times more intense than you felt before? And there was one of the people in the book club, and she didn't really say anything all night. She's leapt up and says, I want that orgasm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Again, movie reference, there's uh, Sleeper, Woody Allen's Sleeper, the uh, Sexitron. Right. Uh, uh, for, for for young people who 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 have never seen Sleeper, damn good scene. See the damn movie. Um, we got about two minutes left. Uh, Mike or Dave, is there anywhere you want to take this? Any uh, Mike, is there any any message you want to want to leave in part to the to the listeners? Well, I, first I have to go from my personal greed, and my publisher will insist that I do this. Is for your American listeners, the best base to buy the book is on Amazon. For Canadians, the best place is humberpress.com. So what, what, now that I've got that, <laughs> Humber Press, like the like like the the college or university. Yep, yep, that's right. Okay. And um, so to leave it, I think you know we can be very very hopeful. I think that um, if we can even think of these these um, sins as a lens and look at our own behavior and saying, okay, um, am I doing something nastier? online because I have keyboard courage? Am I saying something that I would never to say to somebody to their face? Then maybe we should self-reflect and, and look at look at that. Um, you know, on pride and saying, like, am I making a fake version of myself to present on social media? And if so, why? What am I addressing? So I think with each of these, you can think of how is my behavior, is, is my behavior representing the best of me? And is technology being used personally as a tool for, you know, good or evil? So, so, so really, this is a self-help and improvement book. <laughs> yeah, and it'll give, so, it'll give you a flat tummy in 40 days, guaranteed. You, you can also pick this up on, get, uh, on uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so friends, Amazon.com if you're in America, uh, Dante's Infinite Monkeys, or Humber, Humber Press if you're in Canada. Uh, Mike Dover, um, co-author of Ricky Brands and author of Dante's the Monkeys. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on. Great. Uh, thank, yeah, on thanks, Mike. Thanks. Yeah. Friends, that was Mike Dover. Um, again, uh, author of Ricky Brands and author of Dante's Infinite Monkeys. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm. It is the 15th of June, 2017. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around Cranberry.fm. We've got some great content coming up coming up after the news. And uh, Dave and I will be here same time next week. Be well. Talk to you later. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 